Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, welcome again to The Ascent. Today, we are continuing our series called Burning Questions. So basically, we're wanting to have these conversations that you folks have sent in questions for that are about faith and culture and how they go hand in hand. So every week, we're going to have this series, and people are going to be up here in different walks of life, with different levels of experience, with different levels of expertise. But we just want to have these conversations about tough things that people are asking us, are asking the church, are asking Christians. And we want to have these conversations in humility, with love, and with respect. And we want to do it on stage so that we can just plant a seed, a seed for that conversation. So the conversation doesn't end here. We want you folks to go out and talk with one, one another, to continue having these, I don't know, these thoughts that you're, that you're just not sure of how to answer. And I mean, while you hear us up here, we are not experts. We are going to be talking through our own experiences and we might not even agree with one another, right? So even if we don't agree, we can do that out of respect. And if you don't agree with us, that's totally okay too. We don't have all the answers, but we wanna start this off and talk about politics because tomorrow is the federal election and you can vote. So a little bit about me. My name is Abby. I work for CHVN as an on-air host. So CHVN is a Christian radio. And I'm also the vice chairperson of Youth Parliament of Manitoba. And I'm Canada's national youth delegate for the Commonwealth. So a little bit about politics is just my love for getting young people involved in knowing what their voice means, what, why their voice matters. And so I hope that throughout this conversation tonight that you'll be able to I don't know, learn something new, learn something you disagree with, and then find out why. So I'll let them introduce themselves. These are our lovely panelists this evening. First, would you like to, yeah, would you like to go? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Alexandria. Um, I work for an independent Canadian senator, uh, and I also got to co-found a national uh, youth council that works with different government bodies across the world as well as the United Nations. I'm Jerry Buckland. I'm at, a professor at Menno Simons College, which is a Canadian Mennonite university based at the University of Winnipeg. It's a really interesting place. And my interest in politics is more long-term because I teach in development studies and I see the importance of political decisions, but more in the long-term. Good evening, everyone. My name is Akos Wabonsu and I'm a policy analyst with the provincial government. I got involved in politics when I was about 15 or 16. I attended a conference in Ottawa and I studied global political economy in university. So similar to Jerry, I like to look at politics and the effect that it has on other decisions. So for me, it's politics and health. Fantastic. So we asked you what questions you have for Christians about politics. And one of them that came in was asking about how your faith impacts the way that you view our Canadian government and its policies. So feel free, anybody can start. How about a Kosua? <laughs> So, to be clear here, we have lowercase conservative, which is um, the values that are associated with conservatism, and then we have capital C conservative, which is the conservative party. So in this case, the conservative party uh, is what we're referring to? Am I well, correct? we're talking about how faith impacts how you see the Canadian government in general, oh. right? <laughs> so, so any of those policies, perhaps with capital C conservatives, um, and what you think about them, and how your faith plays a role. Okay. 
So if you take a look, I'll focus a little bit more on the parties, if that's okay. If you take a look at the different parties, we have four major parties um, that are vying for votes this election. And the various parties have various values that can be found in Christianity. So for example, being good stewards of the environment. The Green Party has a lot of that. Um, taking care of our sick, taking care of our old folks, taking care of those who maybe might not be able to afford um, the basic services that we need. The NDP has a lot of those values as well. So I, I think ideally um, it all boils down to what you find is important to you and how your faith plays a role in your life and how you can find a party that also plays a role in the same way. Well, my, uh, my personal kind of story was um, years ago when I graduated from university, I read a book called Rich Christians in a, an Age of Hunger, um, Ronald Snyder. And um, it really changed my thinking and, and made me realize that, you know, I'm uh, a part of a world elite in a world where there's so much poverty. Now, the world has changed a lot since then. I'm, I'm 58, so it's a, it's a very different world, but still there is... Uh, tremendous poverty. So that's my faith journey, that I saw social justice as being a really key thing to guide my decision-making about uh, politics and, and the kind of things that I did, the kind of social organizations I got connected with. I really like that you touched on social justice and politics. I come from a human rights background, so I think my approach in that has always been about um, being a Christian and feeling called to, to care for and love on people and take care of the people that God has put in my community and also recognizing that those people are often really heavily impacted um, by policies and legislation made by our government. And so that's kind of the way I've always gone into it. Um, and for those of you who have maybe heard about my past, I've had to have uh, lots of experiences with being someone who needs to rely on uh, the justice system, the healthcare system, and the, the government in general to support what I was going through. Um, and so coming from a place of having to experience that and recognizing how to approach that uh, and faith at the same time. So clearly, if, if something is important to your faith, then find how it links back to that government and links back to those policies that they're creating. And you can definitely find something, whether it be human rights or something else that you're really interested in that the government is being a part of. Akosua, you talked a little bit about capital C conservatives. I love saying capital C, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, do you think that all Christians have to be conservative. That could be conservative in the sense of the way that they live or conservative as in vote for the conservative party. Uh, so to focus on capital C conservatives, so the conservative party, I myself don't believe that all Christians have to be capital C conservative. Uh, for myself, uh, as I mentioned, I do uh, policy analysis and I focus a lot on policy as it relates to health. My thesis in school was related to men uh, refugees and mental health and the refugees that were coming to Canada, what their experience was and how we could learn from that. So for me personally, I found that a lot of my values, not only through my education, but through my faith, lined up more with the NDP. Uh, a lot of their, um, uh, the campaigns that they're running, they're running on making sure that everybody has health care, for example, making sure that everyone has access to the services that they need, housing, education, healthy food, health care. So for myself, that's a little bit more where I found alignment uh, for me I would say the most important thing as a Christian like from my own faith is to take the political system seriously and and to inform myself about the parties and their positions and to think carefully what 
what aligns best with my faith and, and my, my interests and, and to make an informed decision. So, you know, if it's uh, the Conservative Party, the NDP, the Liberal Party, the Green Party, I, I think it's taking seriously this democratic system, which is just a, an amazing system. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's so much better than so many other political systems in the world. So I think that, that's where I come from. Um, yeah, I definitely grew up being taught that being a Christian and being capital C conservative went hand in hand. Um, and I think a lot of people have that mindset. And I think what it comes down to is just voting, you know, but also voting from a sense of like God has put different things on everyone's hearts, right? So looking at the parties, understanding what they all stand for, um, and seeing what it is that actually represents what you believe as a person. And if that's a conservative party, then great, vote conservative. And it's not, that's also okay, and vote for the party that represents how you feel and like who you are as a person and the work that you're doing. If I may add also to that, uh, something that I will try to hammer home today is to make sure that you get, you go out and vote first of all, but inform yourself first. There's a lot of information out there, but unfortunately there's a lot of misinformation or a lot of disinformation, so it's important that, as these two mentioned, you take a look at what the parties stand for, what they're running for, and then from that you're able to vote knowledgeably. That was one of the most burning questions on your minds about how Christians can navigate the world of, of politics and how Christians can navigate the world of, of stereotypes that are placed on the Christian faith and what we should think throughout an election time. So we definitely wanted to talk about that on stage and talk about it afterwards in your cruise. Um, keep this conversation going. Just to move on, um, another question that came in was about Romans. It says, Romans 13, one to seven, talks about obeying governing authorities. What if you just totally disagree with the party or the leader's policies or their character? How do you draw the line between following the leader governing your country and following your own Christian values? So basically, if you don't agree, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Um, so I'll maybe take the, the lead on this one. I'm gonna go on a bit of a trail, but I will get back to the question, I promise. Um, I think this is a really interesting part of the Bible because I definitely agree that when we have someone in power, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, there does need to be respect and honor for that person. Um, that is definitely something that I would agree with. But I think it's also important to remember that we have a leader of our life who is the leader for eternity and should always be on our hearts. And then we have short-term leaders on earth. Um, and that's very different. And they're, what they're gonna be able to accomplish and what they're gonna do and how we hold them account accountable is going to be different. Um, and so I kind of wanted to tie this into the story of King David, which is a story I really enjoy. I'm gonna give a bit of a backstory for those of you who might not know who King David is. Um, so in the first book of Samuel, we first see the leader Saul, who's kind of starting to um, go downhill a little bit, we can say that. He's doing a little, little slide. Um, and at that time, God goes to him and is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to lead, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to raise up another leader, another person who can be king. Um, and that person that he's talking about ends up being David, who at the time was just some young shepherd, right? And so then we go into 2 Samuel. Uh, Saul's dead, he's gone by Saul, and people are like, yes, David, we want you as our king, please be our king. And he's like, all right, cool, I'm your king now. And at first, it actually is going really, really well, and he is a really well-respected and great leader. And then he also kind of, you know, messes up a little bit. <laughs> so if you don't know what happened, um, David one day, he's, you know, in his nice 
tower and he's looking out the window and he looks across the road and he sees one of his soldier Uriah's wife in the bath because you know they had the baths on the roofs right so he looks at her and he's like mm, I see you I want you damn girl okay so he goes to his servant and he's like get me that woman okay he just sees her he likes her he likes what he sees, and he's like yeah bring her to me so servant Go goes on. and he gets her yeah sorry I'm like, this is such a good story right so juicy so she comes over and he sleeps with her she ends up pregnant and he's like well I can't tell this soldier of mine who's loyal and respects me and does all this work for me that I slept with his wife like I can't do that so he has all these times where he can come clean and he can own up to his sin and he chooses not to. And God gives him so many opportunities to just own up. And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm too embarrassed. You know, I've done something so wrong. And this leads to him assassinating his soldier and marrying his wife just to cover his sin. And you're probably like, okay, Alex, where are you going with this? He was a good and respected leader and he did a lot of really good things. But he also did something that really took away from his ability to be a leader. And while we not, might not have leaders of our parties going out and sleeping with each other's wives, they're doing things within our society today that are not okay. And there's smaller things that we have the ability to hold them accountable to, but there's also these larger things that in the end are gonna be have to held accountable by God. And I think this story is really important to this because God raised him up to be a leader, but he's still a human and he still is flawed. And through that, God still was able to work well, but he also, as our God, was the person to hold David accountable, and the cost of that sin caught up with him eventually. So I think that while we can respect our leaders and honor them, they're going to do things that are not okay. Um, and whether or not we can address that or not is something between the, what the situation is and your heart for it, but knowing that God is the person who raised this leader and the person who's gonna hold their actions accountable. Um, and so what I think that we can be doing through this and through this perspective is loving our leaders regardless and praying for all of our leaders in politics in the same way that we would for the church and praying over their leadership for us. Yeah, I, I agree with Alex and, and would also go back to the, the fact that we live in a democratic system and within this democratic system we have checks and balances and one of those checks and balances are us and and that's us to become informed you know not misinformed but well informed understanding different positions and then working to make our leaders more accountable because i agree with alex that uh, leaders are human and frail just like we are and that is a strength of a democratic system it's not a totalitarian system so we can criticize our leaders and we we can um, bring them to account. So, so I would say again, as a, um, a citizen in a, in a democratic system, a Christian and a citizen, we have a number of ways that we can interact with our system and voting is, is extremely important, but it doesn't end there. It, it continues through the, the need to be a, uh, bring our leaders to account. And I also believe that it's important to not lose yourself in that as well. It's important to not look at our leaders and say, well, if he's doing this, it's okay, or if he's doing this and maybe my beliefs are wrong, but if you know that what you believe is true, as Alex mentioned, we know that we have an eternal leader, we have God, and we have earthly leaders that are temporary. If you know that what you believe is true and there are leaders on earth here that are doing something you don't agree with, it's important to get your voice out, whether it's by voting or raising awareness as well. So what happens if you know, your leader 
he's looking at baths and, and he just isn't, isn't doing the best things. Um, and it's polarizing the culture, it's polarizing the people. How do you kind of navigate as a Christian what, what side you lean on? I mean, in this culture, we always see people saying, well, you've got to believe one or the other, right? Like, that's it. It's, it's polarizing. So how do you, as a Christian, say what you believe in and, and how you not, maybe you don't want to decide on which side you want to be on. What do you think? Well, a really good question. And we're, we see polarization, especially to, um, political polarization, especially uh, to the South with, with the United States. And, and I think it, it is affecting Canada, maybe not to the same extent, but, but polarization is a, a really um, risky thing. And I think extreme polarization ultimately leads to violence. And uh, it, it, it can ultimately lead to you know, civil war. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting <laughs> we're anywhere near there. But um, polarization can be destructive. And so as a Christian, I think our call is to be peacemakers. And I think that Jesus, uh, a key thing that he taught us was how to, how to make peace, how to seek to understand other people, um, Jesus went to the sinners, to the prostitutes, to the people who were ignored, who uh, were marginalized, and he sought to understand them, and he sought to build bridges with them. And, and I think that's a really important thing, that we be peacemakers. And so if there's someone who's taking a very strong position that, that we're uncomfortable with, I think a peacemaking approach is to try to understand like what's driving that perspective. In politics, often we take positions. You know, my position is you know, left or my position is right. But what sometimes that doesn't allow us to understand are interests and needs that underlie those positions. And when we go below the pardon me, when we go below the positions and try to understand, well, you know, why is this important to you? What are the needs being met by taking this position? Then we've got a lot more chance to uh, um, to dialogue, to negotiate, to figure out how to reconcile. So I think that polarization for the Christian is an opportunity to bring that love of Christ, that reconciliation that only the Holy Spirit can, uh, can give us. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> that was very well said. <laughs> well, Jerry, you mentioned about peace. And as, as peacemakers, if, if you are a follower of Jesus and you are called to be a peacemaker, how do we kind of be vocal about the parties that we support without causing a ruckus, right? How do we hold that peace? I mean, you can answer, but anybody can answer. Sure, that's a, a really good question. So how can we be visible about what's, what's important, what we value, without like turning people off? And, and I think part of that, again, is, is instead of taking a strong position, oh, I'm going to vote conservative or I'm going to vote NDP, we say, you know, some of the things that are really concerning me right now are, you know, the environment or the economy or, you know, whatever. And then let that open up a dialogue uh, and, and, and try to understand, okay, now I see, you know, why you're taking that strong position. And, and so if you start with the, uh, I'm going to vote this way, that might detract, I mean, it could lead to a good conversation, but it might stall the conversation. Whereas if you, if you go to those underlying interests and needs, then that might start a conversation that could be more fruitful. 
Um, at, with Youth Parliament, we have a session that happens every year, and it happens at the Manitoba Legislative Building. And what happens is we bring people from all walks of life together, and they normally, they don't agree. But it all comes, the reason why we have great debate is because it comes from a place of understanding. We don't go into it thinking, I'm going to go in and win. Right? Because you can't really win when you go into a debate in that way for about who you're going to vote for. Right? It's more about understanding where that person is coming from, understanding how they came to that conclusion, as funky as it may be, and why they, why they value it so much. So I think you're so right on the money with that of like paying attention to why people care and paying attention to why they're leaning one way or the other. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And I also find it really interesting because I work for an independent senator, we're not actually allowed to vocalize what party we vote for. Um, so throughout my entire career, I've been working with the same senator for about three years, I have not been able to tell anyone who I vote for. And I'm someone who likes to, so it's like a little challenging not to be able to. Um, and so I'll go into all these meeting spaces and be in conversation with people about these issues. And having that opportunity to address these concerns that are impacted by government and who we vote for without speaking to who I'm voting for has actually been really interesting. And I've had the opportunity to have some people come up to me and say like, oh, why do you approach it like that? Why don't you do it through a political party first? Why isn't that the first step? Um, and yes, part of it is because I work for an independent senator, but the other part is also for me to be able to say to them, well, because my approach to this is rooted in my faith. And so for me personally, sometimes not associating to a certain party has been able to open up more conversations with me and other people about my faith within politics and people who maybe are strong into politics and not Christian and it's a chance for me to then tell them about God as well. Anything to add? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it, when it comes to voting and you're trying to figure out how to navigate these spaces and you, you're not quite sure what you value and what what you want to focus on. How do you navigate that space? If you're like, I'm unsure of what I value and what I, what I care about most. I will start, <laughs> if you guys don't mind. Um, well, through my work as a civil servant, we do get a lot of opportunities to explore some of these questions. And a good way to start is to get informed and to make sure that you're getting the information from <coughs> proper, valid sources. So the CBC, for example, lots of information about the different parties, about what they're running. It's a good idea to take a look at the campaigns as well and see what the different, um, the different parties have listed as their priorities and then evaluate the priorities in your life as well as we've discussed, uh, as we discussed earlier tonight, take a look at the, your faith values and taking a look at what you value most in your workspace, what you would like to see in your city, your province, your country, and then seeing which, what the parties can, can offer. It's also important to know that you're not necessarily locked in. If you, let's say you vote liberal this election, but next election it's the Green Party or your Green candidate that's speaking more to you, there is a lot of fluidity there and it's okay to not be stuck with one party. Yeah, I also think it's, while you're getting informed and while you're going through that process of doing the research, I also think it's really important to pray. Um, like I mentioned during my long-winded David story, I think that all of the leaders that we have are raised up by God um, in different capacities. And so when you're looking at those things that you stand for, pray about what it is that God is putting on your heart to work on. Are you being called to advocate for the environment that this world that we've been given, are you being called to 
advocate for refugees who are coming into our country? Are you being called to advocate for people in the community of Elmwood? Take that time and pray about it while getting informed because then you're aligning it both with your, your earthly beliefs and your earthly callings as well as what it is that God is putting on your heart. Anything to add? Well, also, if you're wanting to get informed, how do you get informed with a faith-based um, conversation with the church? How should the church inform us, or how should the church take part in this political conversation? Well, I um, teach at a, a Mennonite university, so I would say that's one way that the church can, can actively promote understanding by offering programs uh, of study that, that encourage uh, understanding. So, like on this, this past question, I was just trying to think it through, um, I teach a course called Intro to International Development Studies, and <clears throat> this year I thought, well, I've only had like a couple weeks where we study the environment, and I thought, well, you know, this is really, uh, this is not right. I need to cover the environment in a much bigger way. So I've expanded my coverage of the environment in the course. And it's, it's that opportunity to, like, I don't, I don't have the answers. And it's something that we have to work through, right? So I'm doing this with my class, and we're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure out, well, what, you know, is it an environment versus economy um, tension that, that seems to be... Um, how it's represented in the media, or is, is there something else going on here? So, so I think education is really key, and this kind of forum is awesome, um, and encouraging people to talk and, and to, um, um, to, to learn. Yeah, I, I also don't necessarily think it's the responsibility of a church's leader to stand up and come and tell everyone about the parties, um, but I definitely think a space like this with the crews after, having that conversation of where you're coming from versus where someone else is coming from, talking about it with your small group, praying about it together. Um, I think too often with conversations like politics, we just don't talk about it, um, where instead we can all sit together and learn more from each other and hearing out other people's opinions and also being able to work through yours by vocalizing it to the people in your community. And by doing that with your small group or with a group at the Ascent, you're making sure that that aspect of faith and politics is there together. And it's important to acknowledge or to echo um, what Jerry and Alex have said, to talk about it. I think one of the... Um, let me back up a little bit. So what's really interesting for this federal election is that the age group of 18 to 35-year-olds actually hold uh, the majority of the votes. So we, as young people, can make a huge difference in how this election turns out. But I know that for myself, for example, I am a politics nerd. I love to learn about what the different parties stand for. I love to see what they promise and what they deliver on. But for myself, my friends are not like that, so we don't talk about it. And I think that's probably one of the problems, too, as to why the young people, or the votes of the young people are not as high as we tend to think they should be. So for you guys, for example, as Alex mentioned, these are very difficult topics to talk about. And it's also important to acknowledge that you might not have all the answers. The leaders don't have all the answers, we don't have all the answers, but that doesn't stop us from talking about it. So making sure that you can get, even if it's with your friends or if it's with your parents or your family, knowing that it's okay to be, it's okay to not have all the answers, but it's also okay to talk about it and to mobilize that vote as well is important. And it's also okay to not agree. Yes, it is very okay to not agree. That's, that's why we have different parties too. That's why we have different values for the different parties. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, each and every one of you. Can we give them a round of applause? Please?
Thank you very much for coming today. We, like we said, we want to continue these conversations. Tonight is the first night of Cruise, which means that you can go and continue to talk about things that you're not sure about. Figure out who you're going to vote for, and if you're not sure, CBC has a fantastic vote compass, and I think that is a great way to just figure out what you care about most and how to align that with who you should vote for. Like we said, we are the biggest voting block this year. Like, we can make a change through our vote. Can I get all of you to rise so that we can pray together? Thank you, Father, for this opportunity, for this opportunity to be in a country where democracy is valued, where our lives are valued, where our beliefs are valued, and where our rights are uplifted. We wanna thank you for the opportunity to have these conversations in a community that wants to uplift us, in a community that wants to inform us and to guide us. And you have brought down the best guide. You have brought us the Holy Spirit. And I pray that throughout this election period tomorrow, that we will be able to rely on that guide that you have given us and be able to dive in into what you want for the future of this country. I pray that each and every one of us will feel, feel the agency to grow and the agency to get involved and to make a difference in their community through their vote because you have given us this right. You have placed us with authorities that are here to make a difference, to make a change. And so I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for, for bringing us all here tonight, that we are able to hear these conversations and to continue them because you wanted us here. You wanted us to hear this. You wanted us to talk about it, and you wanted us to get involved. And so as we continue to worship, I pray that we will be focused on who we follow rather than who we vote for, on who we worship rather than how, how someone else differs from us. So thank you, and we love you, and I just want to praise you. So let's do that together. 